give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello, and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Joe, and me, Caleb, stay safely indoors and watch movies from our couch um, and decide whether or not they are hot trash. Caleb, what did we watch this week? We watched uh, the new thriller starring Kevin Bacon and Amanda Seyfried. I don't remember the name. You should have left. You should have left. Does this wall look right to you? What are you doing? 26 feet. 21. This room. It's five feet longer on the inside than it is on the outside. How does that work? It doesn't. What is this place? It was a different house before that one. What sort of house? Why do people hate Daddy so much? The judge and the jury all found him innocent, but some people didn't believe him. This is about Kevin Bacon, who's a writer, and everyone thinks he killed his he's a wife. former banker. Wait, he's a banker? That's just a journal he writes in to uh, meditate. I thought he wrote movies or something. Nope, he is a banker. Wait, he's a banker. <laughs> his wife died under mysterious circumstances. Everyone thinks he did it. Uh, he marries a new woman, played by Amanda Seyfried, and is a little jealous. So they go off. They decide they're going to have a little bit of a vacay in Wales. Mm-hmm. And so they go off to a, to a big old house. Or is it as big as it seems? Along with their daughter, who is also in the picture. And then uh, spooky things happen at the spooky house. Spooky ha- things at the Scooby-Doo house. And it's, it's very much a Scooby-Doo house. Yeah. So as always, spoilers up front. This is a uh, a tesseract so that everything is bigger on the inside than it's on the outside. It was a house built by Satan, apparently. No, the tower that used to be here was built by the devil. And then houses just kept going up after it got knocked down. I don't know. I don't know what to talk about this movie, Joe. Okay. I don't think I understand this movie and I don't think that I liked it, but I didn't dislike it either. As with all horror thrillers or whatever, you have to have a little bit of family drama to get you invested beforehand. And I was kind of invested in the family drama beforehand. I didn't hate really anyone of the five, four and a half people in this movie because one person is a double role. I liked, I liked just about everyone and like the kind of plot lines going on. You know, when you have two good actors, Mm -hmm. as long as you have something okay for them to say, it's not hard to like them. That being said, so the whole thing with Kevin Bacon's ex-wife is she drowned in a bathtub under mysterious circumstances and people were like, Kevin Bacon did it. And he said, no, I didn't. And there was a trial. So he's kind of a hated guy locally. Jumping straight to it. He did, in fact, kill her. Well, he saw that she was dying. He let her die. Yeah. Which, not something you should do. We do not recommend. Yes. If I can make a stance for the podcast as a whole, we do not recommend letting your wife get drunk and then drowning in a bathtub. How, how could you say something so brave? You know, um, not all heroes wear masks. And Except so, right now they do. Please wear your masks. <laughs> so this house in Wales is a trap for killers i guess or inadvertent killers i don't know the movie never really says it outright well you know there are those uh i think there's something to be said about there are those middling evils in the world mm-hmm. where it's like you know this is not the the worst person to ever live but they they've clearly done some bad things it's interesting to look at this house as like the punishment for that middling evil we're like in reality he he lives the rest of his life up on a house in Wales. And I guess his only friend is a shopkeeper down in the village. 
it doesn't, it's not like he has the worst life ever. So I don't know. I, I guess it, it makes sense as a trade-off. It's just, it's kind of anticlimactic. It's, it's more, it's more a symbolic movie, right? It's about him being trapped in the guilt and the oh, yeah. jealousy. He's, yeah. He's a led. guy who has a lot of demons coming into it. And you can tell because he does all this meditation stuff. He's always having nightmares about guilt and stuff. He's constantly questioning Amanda Seyfried and like what she's doing. Yeah. He felt very jealous of his ex-wife and that's why he let her drown. He is feeling extremely jealous of Amanda Seyfried. So he decides to let them leave. Yeah. I, I don't even read this film as literal. I don't think any of the stuff that was going on went on. I just think that it all represents, you know, his demons and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it almost is too literal for a movie that like is going off on symbolic weight. It almost explains a little too much to the audience. I'm you're talking about the very end where he's talking as they get in the car. I'm kind of glad they do. And when he's talking directly to uh, Stetler Stetler, Played old, by old Kevin man Bacon. Kevin Bacon, who I didn't realize was Kevin Bacon the entire movie. Then Caleb goes, "Is your favorite role Kevin Bacon as Stetler?" I was like, "That's not Kevin Bacon," and I don't realize it until he takes off the glasses and hat. So the Clark Kent disguise works against me at least, and an old man voice. That's hilarious. I'm kind of glad they do go out, and maybe not so much with the confrontation with literally himself, but at the end where. Because one of my questions was, so did he kill his wife or not? What does this house like represent? And I feel like the movie would have been much more The Turning-esque if it just kind of ended without really giving you a definitive answer of what was actually going on. How do you feel about the aesthetic of this movie, specifically the aesthetic of uh, the horror? It's not really anything to talk about, I think. I think it was super like... Not bland, but I think it's normal. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it kind of passes off as generic and a little cheap looking. It's a lot. It definitely comes off as like, oh, we had one location. That was it. This movie was it's a Bloomhouse movie. So we we had uh, five cents. That's what it was filmed on. But I think you can do a lot of fun stuff with that. One of my favorite things in horror is like the geography of a space. And which I think is part of the reason I was at least semi engaged with this is because it's, you know, the horror is centered around the geography mm-hmm. of the space. But then it gets into we now need to do uh, certain camera movements and certain lighting tricks to make it feel more surreal Mm -hmm. or more horrifying. With the camera flashes everywhere. Yeah, I felt like that kind of took away from it a bit. Once it gets into less it's a spooky house and more so this is a purgatory or whatever, that's when I think it kind of takes a leap that's a little too far and then misses the ledge almost. But there was... There's a, he's searching for his daughter because his daughter got trapped in the spooky part of it or whatever. And he runs up to a closed door and the camera cross fades him into like a brick room. And I was like, your movie kind of made sense up until this point. Like, you know, aside from the fact haunted house or whatever. And then it, it steps into that next level of, okay, we, we've reached surrealism and we haven't been there for an hour and 10 minutes. But you were thinking you had different thoughts on your perspective on Kevin Bacon and like his role in the entire thing. You're like, I think Kevin Bacon's going to be the bad guy at the end of this. Well, you, you asked me who you thought was going to die. And that's true. And I was like, well, I'm getting shining vibes off of this. So I think he's going to be the Jack Torrance. Mm-hmm. And because in this type of movie, the main character is usually the one who goes crazy. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit more subtle than someone's going to die. So do you think he got like, just like it was, you know, his overall guilt and grief and whatever, or was it, Spooky house influencing him. Oh, I, no, I think, I think he's crazy. Interesting. 
Or even if that's... See, I don't. Even if that's textually not what the the director wants me to think, I think that's the most interesting way to think about it. Mm-hmm. See, when the whole uh, Amanda Seyfried cheating on him thing goes down, going through the phones and the laptops and whatnot, you know, a little bit of boundary uh, pressing. But I think he handles it very level-headedly. Level-headedly? Level-headedly? He's, he doesn't yell. But I don't think that means he handles it well. Well, I'm not saying he, hand, he, you know, he doesn't say, he doesn't like make a scene or anything. And he's like, let's just give each other some space. I don't I, know. I think for someone who got cheated on, he doesn't immediately, like he treats it with like respect and whatnot. You know, he's a bit of a dick about it, but. I would say. Rightfully so. I would say that like, while the moves he ma- he's making are not a problem, there is clear that he has a character issue. For sure. Like, and the fact, the problem with him going through the phones and stuff to me wasn't necessarily that he was looking for proof, but that he seemed disappointed that he didn't find it. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you get down into it, I'm not going to let him, I'm not going to write him off. And it's like, you're being reasonable about this. It's like, no, he clearly has some jealousy issues. Okay. And just because they're justified doesn't mean that he's handled the situation leading up to this. Well, okay. But I mean, also, Clearly not the worst thing he does in, in this movie. Yeah. I was going to say, what does he do? Oh, yeah, he killed his wife. Yeah, yeah. nothing. Um, he didn't kill her. He let, he her, let die. her die. I I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you <laughs> either. So uh, your rating? You know, I took a feminist horror class in school. and one Such of the, a specific <laughs> genre. Yeah, one of, the last, one of the last movies we watched in that was this movie called Soulmate. You know, it's an hour, 40-minute film about a woman who goes up to this cottage cottage in Scotland and it's haunted and whatever. The, the reaction from everyone in the class was like, why did you show us this? There's nothing of value mm-hmm. here, but it's also not bad. And I think that's the thing here. It's a perfectly passable movie. It is a soulmate. I will never think about this movie again <laughs> until I watch another movie that's like, oh, this is perfectly passable. I, I think I was like, you know, I don't understand it. I don't necessarily like it or dislike it. It kept me engaged enough throughout the movie to where I'm like, you know, I'll even write it off as somewhat good. Perfectly middle of the road, average five out of 10. Yeah. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that as a podcast that looks for the extremes in movies. (laughs) So you want to go to Wales with me, Joe? That's a nice house. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, besides, you know, the devil. Devil. (laughs) 